Hey friends, welcome to Death and a Butterfly. I'm your host, Carrie. Join me as we delve into a broad spectrum of topics, including, but not limited to, spirituality and well-being. Sharing knowledge for the modern journeyer, welcome to the thought process. Glad you're here and we can resonate together. Please like and subscribe to stay updated. And if you enjoy what you hear, please share with someone you love. Hello. I have (laughs) been promising myself that I won't get myself involved in politics or putting energy into things that I don't want to continue to complain about. But I don't consider this complaining. So a forewarning, some of you are going to be triggered by this. And I'm okay with that. I am just trying to create some amount of critical thinking, questioning your underlying beliefs, and maybe hopefully educating you a little bit. So, I know a lot of us have this very strong want to get back to normal. So, if we just continue to comply and do what we're told, that we'll get back to normal quicker. But I don't know about you, it has been almost two years of this, and we're not anywhere near normal And if there is something normal about this situation to you, I would very much so ask you to question why you find yourself in that reality. I spoke earlier about a mandate and how mandates do not equal mandatory. Those are two vastly different words. And... I had a lot of people telling me, well, that's the law, but a mandate is actually not a law. It is authoritative command. It's coercion. Um, And I'll get into this a little bit more. But what I want to talk about more specifically is that we are giving away our rights. And what I mean by this is so many of us have been fearful or coerced into getting a jab, into wearing a mask in order to get back to this normal society we have yet to see. Um, So because most of you do not know your rights or your freedoms, I am going to do my best to read you, word for word, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. So, (laughs) bear with me, because it's going to be a little wordy and it's going to be a little long, but I feel like most of us definitely need to hear this. So, the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms 
whereas Canada is founded upon principles that recognize the supremacy of God and the rule of law. Number one, guarantee of rights and freedoms. The Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms guarantees the rights and freedoms set out in it subject only to such reasonable limits prescribed by law as can be demonstrably justified in a free and democratic society. Fundamental freedoms. Number two. Everyone has the following fundamental freedoms. A. Freedom of conscience and religion. B. Freedom of thought, belief, opinion, and expression, including freedom of the press and other media of communication. C. Freedom of peaceful assembly. And D. Freedom of association. I'm going to put a pause on that right there before I continue because I don't know anyone right now that has completely been free in their thought, beliefs, opinions, expressions, um, or have been able to speak their truths and thoughts and opinions on media. Isn't that crazy? Democratic rights number three. Every citizen of Canada has the right to vote in an election of members of the House of Commons or of a legislative assembly and to be qualified for membership therein. Number four. One, no House of Commons and no legislative assembly shall continue for longer than five years from the date fixed for the return of the writs at a general election of its members. Two, in time of real or apprehended war, invasion, or insurrection, a House of Commons may be continued by Parliament and a Legislative Assembly may be continued by the Legislature beyond five years if such continuation is not opposed by the votes of more than one-third of the members of the House of Commons or the Legislative Assembly. As the case may be, 5. There shall be a sitting of Parliament and of each Legislature at least once every 12 months. We're coming up to election. We'll see what happens. Stay tuned. Mobility rights. Ooh, this is my favorite one right now. You let me know if this applies to you and in what way it applies to you. Number six. One, every citizen of Canada has the right to enter, remain in, and leave Canada. Two, Every citizen of Canada and every person who has the status of a permanent resident of Canada has the right to a. move to and take up residence in any province and b. to pursue the gaining of a livelihood in any province. 3. The rights specified in subsection 2 are subject to a. any laws or practices of general application in force in a province other than those that discriminate among persons primarily on the basis of province of present or previous residence. And B. Any laws providing for reasonable residency requirements as a qualification for the receipt of publicly provided social services. For subsections 2 and 3 do not preclude any law, program, or activity that has as its object the immoralization in a province of conditions of individuals in that province who are socially or economically disadvantaged 
if the rate of employment in that province is below the rate of employment in Canada. I don't know about you, but being told that I'm not allowed to leave the country based on my pro-choice of not putting something in my body is not okay. I'm going to go on to your legal rights now. Number seven. Everyone has the right to life, liberty, and security of the person and the right not to be deprived thereof, except in accordance with the principles of fundamental justice. Eight. Everyone has the right to be secure against unreasonable search or seizure. Nine. Everyone has the right not to be arbitrarily detained or imprisoned. Hmm. Okay, continuing. Number 10. Everyone has the right on arrest or detention, A, to be informed promptly of the reasons therefore, B, to retain and instruct counsel without delay and to be informed of that right, and C, to have the validity of the detention determined by way of habeas corpus and to be released if the detention is not lawful. 11. Any person charged with an offense has the right to A. Be informed without unreasonable delay of the specific offense. B. To be tried within a reasonable time. C. Not to be compelled to be a witness in proceedings against that person in respect of the offense. D. To be presumed innocent until proven guilty according to law in a fair and public hearing by an independent or impartial tribunal. E. Not to be denied reasonable bail without just cause. F. Except in the case of an offense under military law tried before a military tribunal to the benefit of trial by jury where the maximum punishment for the offense is imprisonment for five years or a more severe punishment. G. Not to be found guilty on account of any act or omission unless at the time of the act or omission a constituted an offense under Canadian or international law, or was criminal according to the general principles of law recognized by the community of nations. H. If finally acquitted of the offense, not to be tried for it again, and if finally found guilty and punished for the offense, not to be tried or punished for it again. And I. If found guilty of the offense, and if the punishment for the offense has been varied between the time of commission and the time of sentencing to the benefit of the lesser punishment. 12. Everyone has the right not to be subjected to any cruel and unusual treatment or punishment. 13. A witness who testifies in any proceedings has the right not to have any incriminating evidence so given used to incriminate that witness in any other proceedings except in a prosecution for perjury or for the giving of contradictory evidence. 14. A party or witness in any proceedings who does not understand or speak the language in which the proceedings are conducted or who is deaf has the right to the assistance of an interpreter. That was a lot of legal rights. I mean, you can always head back to number seven and read or listen through them again. Equality rights. Fifteen. One. Every individual is equal before and under the law and has the right to the equal protection and equal benefit of the law without discrimination, and in particular, without discrimination based on race, national or ethnic origin, color, religion, sex, age, or mental or physical disability. 2. Subsection. 
1. Does not preclude any law, program, or activity that has as its object the immolation of conditions of disadvantaged individuals or groups, including those that are disadvantaged because of race, national or ethnic origin, ethnic origin, sorry, color, religion, sex, age, or mental or physical disability. Official languages of Canada. This one's going to be a long one. But I said I would read you the entire Charter of Rights and Freedoms, so here we go. Number 16. 1. English and French are the official languages of Canada and have equality of status and equal rights and privileges as to their use in all institutions of the Parliament and Government of Canada. Number 2. English and French are the official languages of New Brunswick and have equality of status and equal rights and privileges as to their use in all institutions of the legislature and government of New Brunswick. 3. Nothing in this charter limits the authority of parliament or legislature to advance the equality of status or use of English and French. 16.1. 1. The English linguistic community and French linguistic community in New Brunswick have equality of status and equal rights and privileges, including the right to distinct educational institutions and such distinct cultural institutions as are necessary for the preservation and promotion of those communities. 2. The role of the legislature and government of New Brunswick to preserve and promote the status rights and privileges referred to in subsection 1 is affirmed. 17. 1. Everyone has the right to use English or French in any debates and other proceedings of Parliament. 2. Everyone has the right to use English or French in any debates and other proceedings of the legislature of New Brunswick. 18. 1. The statutes, records, and journals of Parliament shall be printed and published in English and French, and both language versions are equally authoritative. 2. The statutes, records, and journals of the legislature of New Brunswick shall be printed and published in English and French, and both languages are equally authoritative. 19. 1. Either English or French may be used by any person in or in any pleading in or process issuing from any court established by Parliament. 2. Either English or French may be used by any person in or in any pleading in or process issuing from any court of New Brunswick. 20. 1. Any member of the public in Canada has the right to communicate with and to receive available services from any head or central office of an institution of the Parliament or Government of Canada in English or French, and has the same right with respect to any other office of any such institution where a. there is a significant demand for communications with and services from that office in such language, or b. due to the nature of the office, it is reasonable that communications with any and services from that office be available in both English and French. 2. Any member of the public in New Brunswick has the right to communicate with and to receive available services from any office of an institution of the legislature or government of New Brunswick in English or French. 21. Nothing in section 16 to 20 abrogates or derogates from any right, privilege, or obligation with respect to the English and French languages or either of them that exists or is continued by virtue of any other provision of the Constitution of Canada. 22. Nothing in section 16 to 20 abrogates or derogates from any legal or customary right or privilege acquired or enjoyed either before or after the coming into force of this charter with respect to any language that is not English or French. Whew, what a mouthful. 
Minority Language Educational Rights. 23.1. Citizens of Canada A, whose first language learned and still understood is that of the English or French linguistic minority population of the province in which they reside, or B, who have received their primary school instruction in Canada in English or French and reside in a province where the language in which they receive that instruction is the language of the English or French linguistic minority population of the province, have the right to have their children receive primary and secondary school education, sorry, instruction, not education, in that language in that province. Two, citizens of Canada whom any child has received or is receiving primary or secondary school instruction in English or French in Canada have the right to have all of their children receive primary and secondary school instruction in the same language. Three, the right of citizens of Canada under subsections 1 and 2 to have their children receive primary and secondary school instruction in the language of English or French linguistic minority population of a province, A, applies wherever in the province the number of children of citizens who have such a right is sufficient to warrant the provision to them out of public funds of minority language instruction, and B, includes where the number of those children so warrants the right to have them receive that instruction in minority language educational facilities provided out of public funds. Enforcement. 24. Anyone whose rights or freedoms, as guaranteed by this charter, have been infringed or denied may apply to a court of competent jurisdiction to obtain such a remedy as the court considers appropriate and just in the circumstances. 2. Where in proceedings under subsection 1, a court concludes that evidence was obtained in a manner that infringed or denied any rights or freedoms guaranteed by this charter, the evidence shall be excluded if it is established that having regard to all the circumstances, the admission of it in the proceedings would bring the administration of justice into disrepute. So, basically... Anything that they have mandated and have given you a ticket for can't really be enforced because it goes against your human rights. And you can contact the Human Rights Commission and file a report and they will have their day in court. General, we're getting close to being done. Bear with me. 25. The guarantee in this charter of certain rights and freedoms shall not be construed so as to abrogate or derogate from any aboriginal treaty or other rights or freedoms that pertain to the aboriginal peoples of Canada, including a any rights or freedoms that have been recognized by the Royal Proclamation of October 7, 1763, and b any rights or freedoms that now exist by way of land claims agreements or may be so acquired. 26. The guarantee in this charter of certain rights and freedoms shall not be construed as denying the existence of any other rights or freedoms that exist in Canada. 27. This charter shall be interpreted in a manner consistent with the preservation and enhancement of the multicultural heritage of Canadians. 28. Notwithstanding anything in this charter, the rights and freedoms referred to in it are guaranteed equally to male and female persons. 29. Nothing in this charter abrogates or derogates from any rights or privileges guaranteed by or under the Constitution of Canada in respect of denominational, separate, or dissentient schools. 30. 
a reference in this charter to a province or to the legislative assembly or legislature of a province shall be deemed to include a reference to the Yukon Territory and the Northwest Territories. Oh my goodness, Northwest Territories. Mouthful, this has just taken so long. <laughs> or to the appropriate legislative authority thereof. As the case may be. 31. Nothing in this charter extends the legislative powers of any body or authority. We're almost done. We're almost done. And hopefully I'll stop tripping up over my words. <laughs> Application of Charter. 32. 1. This charter applies a to the Parliament and Government of Canada in respect of all matters within the authority of Parliament, including all matters relating to the Yukon Territory and Northwest Territories, nailed it that time, and b to the legislature and government of each province in respect of all matters within the authority of the legislature of each province. 2. Notwithstanding subsection 1, section 15 shall not have effect until three years after this section comes into force. 33. 1. Parliament or the legislature of a province may expressly declare in an act of Parliament or of the legislature, as the case may be, that the act or a provision thereof shall operate notwithstanding a provision including in section 2 or section 7 to 15 of this charter. 2. An act or a provision of an act in respect of which a declaration made under this section is in effect shall have such operations as it would have, but for the provision of this charter referred to in the declaration. 3. A declaration made under subsection 1 shall cease to have effect five years after it comes into force or on such earlier date as may be specified in the declaration. 4. Parliament or the legislature of a province may reenact a declaration made under subsection 1. 5. Subsection 3 applies in respect of a reenactment made under subsection 4. Citation 34. This part may be cited as the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. We must now establish the basic principles, the basic values, and beliefs which hold us together as Canadians so that beyond our regional loyalties, there is a way of life and a system of values which make us proud of the country that has given us such freedom and such immeasurable joy. Trudeau, 1981. All right. So now that I've gone through all of that, Maybe let some of that sink in. Maybe sit with some of that and see whether you have been living in fear and coerced to do something that you didn't necessarily want to do or that you weren't fully educated on. And now I'm going to talk about why you need to educate yourself. And by all means, if you don't agree with me, I'm not telling you that you have to agree with me. This isn't unsolicited advice. I'm just giving suggestions on... Critical thinking. I don't know when we all stopped thinking for ourselves and questioning the narrative of the government, of pharmaceuticals, of doctors. But in my experience, 
Um, nothing is ever fully what they say it is. And I personally have had family that fled Nazi Germany. And the road is always paved with good intentions from the beginning. But honestly, look at what happened in Nazi Germany. (laughs) So I'm not going to get fully into that, but I'm actually going to talk about the jab. So I know a lot of people have gone in with the jab thinking that they got their first one and they are now immune. I think this goes without saying that it's very similar to taking supplementation. You take a supplement and it's almost like you have this expectation that a day later it's already going to be working wonders. That's not the case. It usually takes about two to three weeks for it to fully come into play and be effective. And this is the same with the jab. You are not considered fully jabbed and immune for three weeks. I just paused for emphasis. Three weeks. So you got jabbed and you think you're good to go. So you're going out and you're you're having a good time, meeting all the people, whatever else. And you're asymptomatic. So let's talk about what that means. Any jab is 95% effective. 95% effective, but what does that mean? 95% effective at making your symptoms appear less, meaning asymptomatic, but it doesn't actually stop you from getting whatever you got jabbed with. It doesn't stop you from transmitting it. If we look at jabs for children, it really just helps them to not feel as sick or to minimize the severity of symptoms, so asymptomatic. And then you think they're good, you send them to daycare, you send them to school, and they actually end up getting other children sick because it doesn't stop them from transmitting it. This is the same with the flu jab every year. It's guesswork. They don't actually know what variant is going to come about, so you're putting something in your body that may or may not actually work. And it just lessens the severity of your symptoms. So a lot of you would be wise to educate yourself to learn exactly what these jabs do. So it doesn't stop things from being transmitted. It only lessens the severity of the symptoms. So like everything, it's kind of a crapshoot. You're going in with good intentions, but you don't know if it's actually going to work and it actually doesn't stop the spread of anything. So now we have a Delta variant. We started with an Alpha. So all of these jabs have actually been made for the Alpha variant. And the first two doses, if you have gotten your doses, are now completely ineffective against this Delta variant. Which is why they are not talking about boosters. So are you going to be getting boosters every quarter, every six months? And I'm really saying this with love. I really do mean it. 
if you feel like your pro-choice is to go and get the jab, by all means. My pro-choice is that I'm waiting to see the long-term effects of things. And I'm a fairly healthy person. What the government is failing to um, tell you is diet, exercise, exposure to sunlight... Getting that all under control is actually going to bump up your immune system a lot better than an actual jab will. But no one's making money off of that. So just a little tidbit, because I actually personally experienced this the other day. I had a jabbed man tell me that everyone that is unjabbed is bogging down the healthcare system. And I feel like that is completely untrue because I am one of those that is unjabbed and I haven't been to the hospital and I haven't really been to the doctor for anything in regards to being sick, except for my shingles, which was an autoimmune response to my stress. So completely unrelated, no correlation whatsoever. This man proceeded to say that The ones that are unjabbed are the ones that are spreading it for everyone else. But if you just listen to the information that I just gave you, it is actually completely untrue. Um, If we were to get sick, we would know our symptoms and we would know to stay home. You have the jab, you are asymptomatic, and you are going around and spreading it. Just a thought. Instead of blaming all of the unjabbed for spreading it, please do your due diligence and educate yourself if Your jab is working for you. All of this information, go do your own research. Don't just take what the government says to you or what the media is producing. Because as I read you in your rights, you have the right to free speech and getting information from the media. But what's to say any of it is true? So please do your research. There's lots of journals of medicine. There are lots of things to read up on. (laughs) I'm just going to reference blind faith right now. So blind faith. is literally being blind to a belief that you think everything is going to work out based on the information that you have. But I'm going to give you an example. Blind faith. I just put myself in front of a very dangerous, we'll say crocodile, and it's super hungry and it's coming for me. And I have blind faith that if I pray, if I pray really hard to Jesus right now, that he'll save me from the situation and I'll be miraculously popped out of it. But that's not the case. So why are we then putting blind faith in the government and the doctors that may or may not be paid off by the government or pharmaceutical companies to make money? And before you say, oh, Carrie, this is a conspiracy theory. My doctor 
tried to push the HPV jab on me back when I was like 18, 19. And she pushed it hard every time I went to go visit her. And I'm like, well, why the fuck would you be doing this? I've already said no. But my doctor, every time I get a prescription filled for a specific drug by a pharmaceutical company, she gets paid. She gets paid by a pharmaceutical company to sell me drugs that I don't necessarily need. That's fucking wild. And to have blind faith that we're trusting these doctors with our health, when I have still not heard one tell me proper diet, proper exercise, get some sun. This is the blind faith that we are putting into someone else's hands. When did we stop trusting ourselves? So yeah, we can chalk it up to saying that um, we're conspiracy theorists. I think it's funny. Some people have been called Nazis, um, anti-jabbers, whatever you want to call it. But like I said, I have heard stories from my family about Nazi Germany. And it started out exactly like this faith with all good intentions and then look at what it turned into so i think we have gone into this situation with blind faith and fear and coercion and hoping and praying just to get back to normal and i empathize I understand. These are the conversations that I like to have with people because I like to see exactly where they're getting their information from, their thoughts on things. And I don't get in fights with people. I'm not wasting energy. I'm not having an argument with you. If you can actually have a conversation with me, an adult conversation where we can speak civilized to each other and sort out information as to why you think that that is the correct option, I will have a conversation with you and I will choose to take that information in and I can either choose to have a different approach to my thinking or I've had a fantastic conversation with you. I think the goal here is so much so to just separate each other and I am part of a minority. I, I... am a mix of indigenous and European heritage, which is wild in and of itself if you think about colonization. And um, the amount of friends that I have that are people of color, um, it really all comes down to we no longer want to be segregated. We no longer want the injustice of genocide. And this is literally just causing more separatism and it's something we really want to move away from but a lot of people aren't willing to have those uncomfortable conversations because it's just that it makes you uncomfortable and we're taught that when we're uncomfortable to fear things or to have anxiety and then we cut off relationships or we don't give other people the time of day like when when did we stop having 
meaningful conversations just because you think differently than I do. It's, it's really just sad. So point being is I'm not willing to risk my health while it might help one symptom or it might help the disease as a whole. What we forget is that when we are going blindly into this and getting these jabs or we're using pharmaceuticals is one drug may help ease that symptom or that disease, but there's actually probably 20 or 30 contraindications, meaning bad things that could happen or complicate your life based on the use of that drug. And it might not have personally happened to you, but there are a lot of people having complications. And it's really easy to turn on each other because you don't think the same way or you haven't had the same experience. I'm not saying any of this to continue separating or to point fingers or to say you're a bad person because you did this. That's, that's not what I'm getting at at all. I'm literally just trying to get people to think differently and choose their own narrative. So, I'm not going to continue blabbering on. (sighs) I just needed to get that out because (laughs) I'm here to educate and to help elevate. And if I'm not able to speak my truth, then I'm doing someone, one person out there a disservice. As always much love. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this. And if you got any meaningful information from this, or if you disagree with me, by all means, let me know. We can have a conversation. But I really, really, really stress, please educate yourself and don't trust solely the media, the doctors, or the government. Because everyone makes a paycheck somehow.